For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Mr. and Mrs. North and South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. <laughs> Here now with all of today's cruise and travel news and a bit of commentary, it's the guru of the seas himself, Tom Drake. It is indeed himself on this hump day, Wednesday, February 21st, 2024, and I've finally figured it out, this confusing mess. Here's the deal. It is Wednesday, February 21st. 2024, when I am recording this podcast. It is the podcast for Wednesday because I'm on the other side of the international dateline. For you people, it's Tuesday, but you'll listen to it on Wednesday. Now, you can be confused. Welcome to the podcast. I'm the podcast. You're the podcast. Ease. And that is the official mascot of this Wednesday, whatever you want to call it. That's what, that's what it is. Uh, we are on board the Ocean Insignia, and we are counting down. Two more days to go. I leave with the wife in Sydney on the 23rd, and as you know, I make that trip to Fiji and on onward to that other cruise line. Uh, Crystal, looking forward to the break, looking forward to um, uh, something different, but I will tell you, I will say it again. A wonderful group of guests, um, lots of very nice people that are here with us or with Oceana for 180 days. Right now, they're in the middle of a town hall meeting about the change in itinerary. I'm, I thought it was a good time not to be there. Um, unfortunate as hell, thanks to the Hooties No Blowfish, every cruise line has had to make drastic changes in their uh, itineraries for all kinds of uh, cruises, not Always world cruise, just cruises that were supposed to go uh, more Middle East and Suez and Red Sea. And unfortunately, it's a disaster and it's not getting better. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I'll get you up, up to date on the seas. I mentioned this. The captain here, Captain Brightson, made a deal, turned us around. We hightailed it away from the massive storm that was in the Tasman Sea, went up top, and we're, we're having a very nice crossing. It rolls a little bit. Hold on to the rail. You'll be fine. Um, but all in all, what a smart move that was. Dinner again tonight. Dinner last night. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's a lot of food. Food, glorious food, all great food here. And I'm not doing a, uh, a kiss-up either. I'm telling you the truth. Uh, I am working later on. Uh, I do have another C-Day matinee uh, that involves my workshop. I've given it a new name. I love this. The Anatomy of a Joke. I will make everybody laugh, and then I will explain to them why they laughed. My workshop used to be called Funny Pays Off, Learn How To. And nobody on a cruise wants to learn how to do anything. They really don't. They don't listen. Americans especially. So this is the new title, The Anatomy, the anatomy of a Joke. I will make you laugh, then I will explain why you laughed. And I'll point out the people that didn't laugh and explain they just don't have a sense of humor. It happens sometimes. Email, sorry, email for this uh, extravaganza, the Drake Podcast at gmail.com, the break, the Drake podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we got to do it. Uh, we do it. Let's do this first, though. We have to have this.
As long as I am podcasting and these losers keep attacking uh, U.S. Uh, uh, naval ships and uh, U.K. too, I will continue to play Anchors Away. They caught one. This is my fear. I said this yesterday. They were able to shoot down the uh, the uh, Hooties, no bluffers, were able to shoot down an American MQ-9 Reaper drone. Okay? This is no nickel-dime bite-off-the-shelf uh, radio shack. Are they still in business? This thing cost $50 million, and they caught it. And they nailed it. And this is my fear that that I know nothing, no more than any of these talking heads. But it seems like they're setting us up. Uh, you know, they send in the nickel dime stuff, and then all of a sudden, how do they nail it? How do they nail one of our top of the line fifty million dollar uh, reapers? It was shot down in international airspace. Of course, these guys don't follow the rules. They're animals. They're animals. And it was shot in inter- inter- international airspace uh, near Yemen. And uh, it isn't good. It's not good. really isn't. But now, you know, let's just, you know, take a minute and think, wow, we'll be okay. (laughs) Here's the deal. I talked yesterday about the European Union coming to the rescue of the poor U.S. and U.K. Military that have been doing all the heavy lifting. They are coming to the rescue. Oh, thank. Let's all say a prayer of thanks. And they've named their mission Espedes or Espedes or Espides or Asp. Uh, and it's Greek for shield. And they announced that it'll be up and run. It'll be up and running in a few weeks. In a few weeks, it'll be up and running. And you know what they're sending? Four ships. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't even bother. Ursula D. Layden or hasn't been, I don't know. Four ships. It'll take a few weeks. Sickening. Sickening. Meanwhile, U.S. Navy, U.S. Air Force. I did a lot of research. It looks like I, the, the drones are probably operated by the Air Force, but everything else is in the air. Uh, those fighter jets and everything, that is all the United States Navy out there getting it done, protecting other people's goods, protecting other people's ships. And we're paying for it. $50 million drone so you can get your Ralph Lauren goods on time. I don't know the solution. I don't have to have a solution. I just can mouth off and move on. But man, oh, man, how about that? Four ships, it's going to take us a few weeks. Is there other than the United Nations, a less effective group of bloated bureaucrats, well, okay, Congress, uh, than the European Union. The elitist, elites telling people how to live. Elites with very wealthy money people telling other people how they should live. Unfortunately, my, I'm buying a new stream deck. I've told you this story. I'm not going for a GoFundMe. I'll pay for it out of my own pocket. Um, this stream deck I operate allows me to just push a button and have, you know, whatever I want. But it's only uh, 15 buttons. So I'm going, when I get home, I'm going for the one that's 35 buttons, and then I'll have the one that's 15 buttons. I will have 15 buttons, and I just go like this. Say what? And I can annoy everybody. Happy birthday if today's your birthday. Oh, first of all, wash your hands. Wash your bottle. Again, first-time listeners, I have taken upon myself, the guru of the seas, to eliminate norovirus in our lifetime. 
<laughs> Just like we're going to save the planet and the whales. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so but you can help a little. If you're in a supermarket in the store, you see the, the, the sanitizer stuff, use it. Buy a little bottle, put it in your pocket, and you can help. Because one of these days, you're going to go, uh, I had some. They always say the same thing. It must have been something I ate. No, it's something you touched. Uh, it's a gastrointestinal virus. It's so common anymore because we don't practice good hygiene. Not, not my people. My, not my people. They're the best. And your bottle gets that way, too. If you're one of those people carrying around, like everybody carries around a metal bottle here. We don't have plastic bottles for a long time. And you have to wash it out from time to time because it does create bacteria. Happy birthday. Not many choices today. Mary Chapin Carpenter. I almost went country. But I thought, you know what? Yesterday I had Nancy Wilson, Spectacular. And this is another wonderful female artist, kind of from the past, a jazz vocalist. But I want you to pay attention to the arrangement for this song. I think it was written for a marching band, not for a jazz vocalist. What is that? Fish in the sea, you know how I feel. River running free, you know how I feel. Blossom on the tree, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life. That is for me, and I'm feeling good. That is the great Nina Simone, uh, and that is the most bizarre arrangement of a song I've ever heard in all the years of listening to music. It sounds like a horror film, a soundtrack to a scary movie, or or a marching band, you know, where they're just going to start spinning the tubas. The whole thing sounded like just trombones and tubas, kind of weird, but happy birthday. Uh, not, I don't think she was as good as Nancy Wilson, but she had a different style, you know. Uh, today's current vocalist Alicia Keys very much like uh, Nina Simone uh, and we forget how great the artists were way back in the day let's get to it if you're a first time listener I have a little bit of an opening to tell you about my life and then we get into the meat and potatoes this is all about what's going on in the cruise and travel industry today that's cruise ships that's airplanes that's hotels not much on hotels uh, a lot of airlines to Boeing haven't had a Boeing in a while I'm, I'm sparing you people haven't had a Boeing but I think I have one coming up here, kind of like a Boeing. And we have a tease first, kind of like a little game. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Show You have to figure out where I'm going to go with this. And the tease is on a wing and a half and a prayer. Actually, read it right, Tom. On a wing and a half and a prayer. You know how it's like on a, a wing and a half and a prayer. Uh, a Boston-bound commercial flight, United Flight 354, a Boeing 757 uh, was a... Uh, uh, where did it leave from? San Francisco, heading to Boston, and it had to land. It had to land quickly in Denver, because part of the wing fell off. According to this article, um, one of the people boarding there, Kevin Clark, uh, he heard a little noise and he looked out the window and he saw that part of the plane's right wing was coming apart. 
and there were noticeable chunks. Uh, you don't want to hear those words when you're talking about an airplane. Yeah, I was on this 757. It was nice, but it had some notable, no, noticeable chunks missing. Now, that's usually something from the galley. But anyway, they he alerted the flight attendant. Can I help you? Sir? Yeah, look out the window. So the captain came. He looked out the guy's window, and he said, oh, okay, yeah, we better land. <laughs> you got to love these pilots, male or female. I listen to a lot of those cockpit recordings because I have no life. And I'll tell you what, when something goes wrong and they declare an emergency and mayday, they are cool. I'd be like, wow, I must sit by the window because I'm watching at all times. I'm watching the sky and the clouds and I'm nuts. Um, this guy got out of his cell phone and recorded the harrowing, harrowing moment, moment. And it is harrowing if you don't know what's going on. But I gather, I looked at the pictures, I wouldn't know. But the captain looked at it and goes, yeah, we can't go to, we're not going to go to Boston this way in case more stuff falls off, but we better land. So they landed in Denver, according to this guy, with the wing coming apart on the plane. And you're not, what's funny about this, not funny, what's ironic about this, you know, uh, uh, Scott Kirby, United CEO, he's the hammer and Airbus, and he should. And he went to France to make a deal with, not Airbus, he was hammering Boeing. He went to France to make a deal with um, uh, with Airbus. In the meantime, this is not the first situation. Um, Delta took off from Charleston, I want to say, and had to land right away because oil light came on. <laughs> what are you doing? What's go- what is going on with, uh, with the maintenance these days? So... I don't know why this came apart. It's a, you know what? Partly it's an old Boeing 757. United has a bunch. So does Delta. They have a bunch of beat up old 757s, and they put new new seats in them, and a and a coat of paint, lipstick on a pig. But they've been in service for well over. I'm not gonna. I'm guessing 30 years, right? I'm 30, and they have to be maintained. I think they have to have a little bit more emphasis on maintenance. According to Clark, he was the the passenger. First, there was some panic. But the pilot came back, looked at it, took some pictures, talked to the guys on the ground and said, yep, let's go to Denver. Shouldn't be a problem. So they diverted to Denver and uh, people got off the plane. They put them on another plane. And the guy said he was scared. Well, I would be scared too. You know, they don't know what happened. That might have been a bird strike. Um, and it was not the wing going out. It's that one that comes up, that curved part. So I don't know how necessary that is or whether they just did that to be cool, like when I used to have a fake spoiler on the back of my Pontiac GTO. Keep your fingers crossed. That's all I have to say. But, I mean, you know, the pilot's up in the front of the plane and the flight attendant says, sir, we have a bit of problem. That's some guy back here, some yahoo with his cell phone making a big deal out of something. Captain said, what's the problem? He said, well, Captain, looks like part of the wing is coming off. Say what? <laughs> and of course, he has to be cool as hell. He has to be absolutely cool. Uh, let me take a look, you know. No, yeah, they teach him that, so good for him. All right, what does the vice chairman of external affairs do? Do you know? I don't know. This person, and I'm not knocking this person. I'm really not. But I just don't know what the chairman or the vice chairman of external affairs for a company does. I mean... Unless it's Bill Clinton, I don't know exactly what's going on. Sorry, I threw that in for no apparent reason. 
I'm talking about Lisa Ludolf Berlow. And she was the CEO of Celebrity Cruises until last May when she stepped down. And now she's the vice chairman of external affairs. And I assume she's getting a, a nice, very nice salary. And she just appears at all these business conferences. And she wrote a book about how she got to be the top of the food chain. She was the first female president of a cruise line. Now it's quite common. Um, and she came from sales. That's quite common. They don't really ever come for the actual operation of the ship out here. Other than Michael Bailey at Royal Caribbean, no one running a cruise line has ever worked on a ship. Seriously, at the top of the heap. Now, they might be in other, other places because you work out here long enough, you want to go shoreside. I don't know why, because you'd have to live in Miami. <laughs> no, no, no. And in fact, my wife was offered a position years back with Oceana, but it would require living down there, and no. I said no. Uh, she No, no. We like it out here. But in any case, uh, she got to the top of the heap. And she's a lovely lady. And if it was a man, I would say she's borderline arrogant. But I can't because it's a female. And I believe in females running things. You know, I'm married to a cruise director and they work harder. They just do. And uh, she worked her way up 30 years uh, with a celebrity. And her focus has always been inclusion and diversity and females in power. And she's the lady behind Captain Kate McHugh and that ugly cat. She's got that bald-looking thing. Um, first female American captain. Um, and in this book she wrote, she talks about how much the industry has changed, and she's at the forefront of that. And I guess if you're going to write a book, it's going to be I, 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 I. You know, if I had anything good in my life, other than my uh, third marriage, I would write a book and say, I did this and I did that. What did I do? I got drunk. Um, and she talks about landing in India. Um, she was getting on a ship in India. They were having a cruise with the CEO deal. And uh, first they arranged a tour for her. And she got off the plane and went outside and she saw her name. and But, but this woman didn't figure out. She only had a last name. So she walked up and got in the car, and, and the driver, who's female, said, I'm very sorry, that's for the CEO of the company. And she goes, I am the CEO of the company. Well, the woman was embarrassed, but then she was, like, blown away. Really? This is India. Really? Even though they had Indira Gandhi and things like that, there's a glass ceiling everywhere. There still is. It still exists. There's still sexism in this business, in this cruise industry, and she had to fight all of it, especially when you promote somebody to be a female captain. They're all Greek over there, not celebrity. I don't see Greek captains getting real excited about having some chick from America uh, as a captain. How could that happen? You know, Stavros go, I don't know, whatever. And they had a lot of innovative, she created a lot of innovation. They had ship one ship sail with all female bridge officers. And I did a terrible joke. I said, you know, it took twice as long to leave port because of the makeup. I fixed my hair. <laughs> You're an idiot! I know, I had to do it. But it's an interesting uh, uh, book. Where's the name of the book? I'll plug it for her. She's got the name of, well, just put it in. Lisa Ludolf Parlow, uh, a vice chairman of external affairs. And you'd think I'd have it ready. But no, anyway, you can look it up. And I bet it's a great book. I bet it really is. So, uh, and I didn't know, to be honest with you, she's all, all over social media, all over, m more than Papa Hanson with his pictures everywhere. Hello. Um, I didn't even know who the president of Celebrity is now. I had to look it up. And it's Laura Hodges Bethke. 
I guess to be the president of a celebrity, you have to have three names because he replaced Lisa Ludolf Harlow. Then again, I'm married to Dottie Colossa Drake. So what do I know? Women in power have to have more than one name. I'm just dope. <laughs> I'm just Mr. Dope. I'm Mr. Dottie here. You want a funny story? You got a minute? I kiddingly said to one of our female security officers, um, they just call me Mr. Dottie, as a joke. And this lovely girl thought I was serious. So every time I leave the ship, she goes, have a nice, have a nice day, Mr. Dottie. And Dottie goes, what's with the Mr. Dottie? I said, I don't have the heart to tell her that that was kind of a joke. I really have a name, Tom or Mr. Drake. But every time she sees me, hello, Mr. Dottie, she yells it out. People go, what the hell is he talking about, Mr. Dottie? She's a really nice person. And I am a nice guy. So I'm not going to say, hey, I was only kidding. You know, please, I'm, I'm the guru of the seas. Please call me by my name. Anyway, congratulations, Lisa Ludo-Perlo, in your new book, which is called I, 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 I. And she keeps talking about the 200-year-old cruise industry. I didn't know they were 200 years old. I mean, Holland America just celebrated 150. She tacked another 50 on there, and I felt like I should look it up. But then I thought, nah, you'll look it up for me. Somebody will look it up, you know. She talks about, she talk, actually, the number of women on the bridges, on bridge officers on on uh, celebrities, to, from 3% to 33%. One-third of the officers on celebrity are female. Ah, uh, you can count on one hand how many over here and on region are female. It's interesting. I hope... Uh, don't do it, Tom. I hope it's all about qualifications and experience. It's not about gender. This is my life. I don't really work for celebrity anyway. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, here we go. Here it is, the tease. Loyalty schmalty. No, that doesn't sound. Loyalty schmalty. We don't need friends. We need your money. Loyalty schmalty. We don't need friends. We need your money. That would pretty much cover any business these days. Uh, loyalty's not that big a deal because they're, they're pretty convinced they can get somebody else to take your place. But American Airlines has decided to stop awarding advantage points for bookings through travel agencies starting May 1st. You believe this? The travel agent, you know, you try to talk to somebody at an airline, and what happens? You wait, and you wait, and you wait. They'll call you back. You give them, you say, call me back. You wait an hour later, they call you back. So here you have travel agents. They're handling that stuff. You talk to your travel agent. Your travel agent deals with the airline. Now, they're not, because you're through a travel agent, unless it's the one they tell you to use, they're not going to give you loyalty points. And it goes on and on. Delta's doing the same thing. They're screwing everybody six, six ways from Sunday. I've told you, I have this, I have, I have an American Airlines credit card. They're charging me six, almost 659, some stupid amount of money now to go into their uh, uh, Admiral's Club, which is horrendous anyway. But I can't go in there unless I'm flying on American and I'm like, why do I need this? So I'm going to cancel it. I have a Delta. I have a Delta Platinum business card. 
that I have that costs money, and now that does not get me into the Delta Sky Club. Why do I need it? On top of that, why do I need loyalty points if they're going to make it harder and harder to use them? United's not too bad, but according to this article, under the new advantage accrual policy, American will discontinue accruals for basic economy tickets for all travel. You get nothing for flying basic economy. In other words, you, you, their feeling is you bought it because we were cheap, so we're not going to reward you for that. And they're purposely trying to do that. Maybe not American as much as United. They're flying these jumbo jets now so they can make that basic economy in the back, that awful seat that competes with Spirit and Allegiant and other people. Hey, my my wife has to fly to Charleston in, uh, later this summer um, to our niece's house. She's going to be on Breeze Airways. Breeze Airways and A321, uh, nice accommodations, uh, direct flight. Screw that. If I put her on Delta, she has to go through Atlanta. If I put her on American, she has to go through Charlotte. If I put her on United, she probably has to go through Newark. So I'll put her on Breeze. Thank goodness there are airlines. I don't care about loyalty points. I just want to go from point A to point B. But the people who fly all the time, the people that fly all the time, look, they invented the system. Many entertainers now will be knocked out of the uh, Delta Sky Club or American Admirals Club because it's based on money spent. And the cruise lines buy bulk tickets. I mean, I... I don't know where these numbers come from. I won't tell you what my reimbursement is to get home from Auckland, but I don't think I could even economy get it for that, but they could get it for that. So, hey, SOB, Tom, SOB, stay on brand. And it goes on and on and on. I'm not going to do the whole story. This is more of a rant, a tirade about the airlines in general. Loyalty, schmoyalty. We don't need friends anymore. We need your money also, American raised the uh, check bag price. It will, they'll charge $35 for the first check bag on domestic flights and $45 for the second check bag. But, you know, if you have a, an American Airlines credit card that you pay a fee for that doesn't get you into half the, the Admiral's Club, uh, you'll get a free bag the first time around. Uh, they raised it up $5 a piece. And also, um, the fee for in-cabin pets. I didn't even know this. Um, they raised it from 121 If you want to bring your... I didn't know this. If you want to bring your pet on a plane, it's a buck and a quarter, $125. They just raised it up to $150. Uh, but they did reduce this. I thought that was interesting. If you go there and, well, first of all, they used to say, let it go. It, you're, you're supposed to, bag's supposed to be 50 pounds. And you weigh it at home, and your scale, I have one, scale says it's 50. I get there, our scale says it's 53. And they're like, take your foot off the scale like they do at the butcher shop in the old days when you have your thumb on the scale. And they said, no, yeah, it's 53. I go, well, that's ridiculous. And now you're going to charge me, what, $175, $125? No, you can move it around a little bit, put it somewhere else. Now, if it's between 50 and 53 pounds, they'll only charge you $30 extra, $10 a pound extra, uh, instead of 100 to 200 extra. Cause, so the, they're trying to eliminate the arguments Look, they used to say, look, it's it's at 52, let it go. Now, I usually fly business domestically, so I don't ever worry about it. I have 70 pounds, stick it. Um, but it's just ludicrous. Anyway, they charge for everything. Move on, Tom. Be nice. Be nice. I should have some music to play, some nice music. I have nothing. I have Nina Simone and... Uh, 
and a rim shot. And I have Jerry Stiller going, what does that mean? All right, here we go. Svalbard? Svalbard or bust? S-V-A-L-B-A-R-D. Svalbard or bust? This is an interesting story. There, uh, Svalbard, I, it's, it's Norwegian. It's to the right of Greenland. I looked it up on Google Maps. It's off to the right. It's a bunch of little islands off to the right of Greenland. It's not connected to Norway. And I gather a lot of polar bears live there. And people want them, they want to see polar bears before they die. This is before they see the bright light. They want to see the white bear. And now there's too many people going there. So they had a, the Norwegian government put in new restrictions uh, to go to Svalbard. Um, the ships have to be much smaller. And you have to be further away from the animals. For, uh, listen to this. That's not the buffet in MSC. That's a polar bear. How close do you want to get to him? What's wrong with people? Seriously. So they have new restrictions. They go in effect January 1st of 2025. Uh, the main reason people want to go to Svabard is for the polar bears, which are extremely difficult to see at the best times, but will be even harder now. What the hell? Don't we have them in zoos somewhere? What is... I'm serious... Is your life, is it that far gone? Before, Ethel, Ethel, before I leave this earth, I want to see, give me one or two white, whatever color they are, polar bears. So now the new deal is the ships have to keep a distance of 300 to 500 meters from the polar bears. Currently, the Association of Arctic Expedition Cruise Operators, the guideline is no more than 200 meters so with an expedition ship, now they have to go uh, the 300. For walruses, <laughs> the regulations would require a minimum uh, uh, stay 150 meters away from that walrus. I'm not doing a carnival joke. Shut up. I'm not doing it. I'm thinking about it, but you know. I don't care what you believe. I know. I didn't say I believed anything, but you don't care anyway. Anyway, the change will require expedition lines to reevaluate which ships they send us for bod. For instance, uh, two rebranded from Hurdegurdenrudrin, um, they fit the 200 guests are under. But they have another ship that's 500 passengers. You yeah, no, no. 500 people, no polar bears. Nobody goes to Svalbard. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. Karen Strand, the vice president of expedition development for one of these companies, said the line will have to adapt its itineraries where necessary, but is disappointed and frustrated with the new regulations given that the ACO and the whatever offer other solutions. Jeez, how many people go there anyway? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm hearing that now from people about the change in itinerary because the insignia is not stopping in Greenland or Iceland. I guess it's so busy there. The company does not intentionally pass by what would be very good ports. You realize what's going on in this business. Everybody is scrambling now to find places to go in place of what was going to happen in the Red Sea. Um, because they have to spend so much time going around Africa, they have to cut short Europe, and they have to get back to the United States to end up, whether it's in Fort Lauderdale or whether they end up in New York. But they're not skipping ports because they don't care. They're busy 
People want to go to Iceland. There's a volcano erupting in Iceland every other Tuesday. When the Elks, the Elks Club meets on Monday, the volcano goes off on Tuesday. But people want to go. Who knows? Are you ready to book for 2027? It's 2024. Kinnard put out its itineraries for 2027. Really? You booked... I know who 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 sails on Kennard. You're very optimistic. If you're booking three years out there, Jerry. So anyway, I found this interesting though. Um, the Queen Elizabeth, one of their newer ships, will sail round trip out of Miami. Kennard was never one of those. Well, they have they have more ships, but Kennard was never a you know round trip Caribbean kind of thing. But like everyone, they're changing the almighty dollar, and uh, they're chasing the younger demographic. Uh, and the Queen Elizabeth will feature a Caribbean program. You see, it's funny. If it's Cunard, it's a Caribbean program. If it's Carnival, we got a bunch of itineraries going to the Caribbean. But this is a Caribbean program. From September of 2025 until April of 2026, between 9 and 21 nights on the Queen Elizabeth. And you'll go to the same places, but you're going to do it on, on the Queen Elizabeth, and you'll be in the Queen's Grill. And they have a 21-night voyage, you know, Christmas Eve will be spent at Bridgetown's UNESCO-listed Old Town. That's a stretch. <laughs> it might be, but that's a stretch. Leave that alone. And the Queen Mary, too, will have a full world voyage. And I think one of the other ones, the Queen Victoria, they're, they're going to have two world cruises, which, by the way, you don't hear me say around the world. They just call them, they're just big, long cruises now. That's all they are. They just string them all together. Wow, 131 days. And then you look at it, you can take it apart. And it's about eight segments. So you do whatever segment you want, or if you want, do them all at once. So that's what that's about. All right, let's check the time, because I'm really rambling today. Rambling. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm certainly rambling. And why does it say the list of audio devices changed here? I have to go, people. I have a busy day, and uh, we'll we'll finish up tomorrow. We're going to talk about uh, your privacy and Big Brother and facial recognition. Um, this is a big story now. They're going to put facial recognition in all the airports, and a lot of people are upset. A couple of senators are upset. Invasion of your privacy. I felt the same thing when they initially when they put in those full body screeners, where they they say they can't see everything, but they can see everything. And I was initially kind of upset, but then I realized I'm a comedian. So my job is to make people laugh. You can see everything. Have a nice chuckle on a Monday morning. <laughs> I don't think they can see all of it. They claim anyway. Although I've gone through that and had a couple of people give me a look like, sorry, man. <laughs> hey, have a good hump day. A good hump day. I have a busy day ahead of me. I have to perform. And I'm the guest DJ again tonight. I'm the celebrity DJ upstairs in Horizons for Country Night with a little bit of Buffett. We're doing some Jimmy Buffett, some Alan Jackson, some George Strait. We have a band. They're wonderful. Five guys from all over the world. But they don't really play country music. So I fill in. I don't get extra money for this. My wife doesn't even buy me a drink. But I do it for the people. I take one for the team. I am Tonight I'm the guru of the jukester. <laughs> this morning I'm the guru of the seas. But tonight, if you don't know, the jukester is the system we have that plays music. Sob. There you go. Leave it alone, pal. 
All right, have a good Wednesday, everybody. We did cover quite a bit today, didn't we? And once again, prayers for all the military around the world involved in these ridiculous squabbles and, and fights and skirmishes in the terrible situation in Palestine and Israel. They didn't start it. And we didn't start it with the Hooties, no blowfish. And China's after, oh, my goodness. Have a drink. And we're worried about global warming. <laughs> I think there's a lot more to worry about than that. I could be wrong, but I do use a paper straw. Shut up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.